Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. The Bible says that Solomon, in Solomon chapter 2, invited his wife to take a walk with him to smell the flowers. Solomon also reminds us in Ecclesiastes 3, 4 that there's a time to laugh. We need to laugh more. We need to understand that the most important thing you have is T-I-M-E. Marriage is fundamentally two, usually very different people, people who have decided to combine their two lives into one life together. This act of conjoining means that there's going to be friction as the rough edges of each partner get smoothed down by the constant rubbing together. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he'll be giving tips on how to become a better marriage partner. You'll find out the way that God originally planned for marriages to work out And you'll hear how to make your own marriage better. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 19 as he continues his message, Together and Loving It. might God do if you and I said a simple prayer every day for our spouse? I want to give you a website I want you to go to. Just write it down. It's called www.themarriageprayer, all one word, themarriageprayer.org, O-R-G. By the way, let me just say this. Guys, you're the spiritual leader at home. You go there. Don't make your wife go there. You go there. You stand up, you bring your Bible, you study, you initiate prayer. You're the spiritual leader. You're the quarterback on the team. Act like it. Your wife is dying for a husband that loves God. Don't be a wimp. You go there. And what you will print out is one simple page. And then just take your scissors and cut it. It's a prayer that your wife will pray for you and a prayer that you will pray for your wife. All you need is one copy. Put it in your devotional book and begin this process of prayer. Now, you don't have to do it every day. It isn't going to be a ritual. It's going to be something you just do as a form, but it is a good thing to remind yourself. And I'm going to read the prayer. This is kind of what it says. Father, this is the husband praying for the wife. I said till death do us part. I want to mean it. Help me love you more than her. That's keeping God first. And her more than anyone or anything else. What is that defeating? Selfishness. So understand, I'm to pray, God, I want to love you more than anyone else. 
See, you can't love your wife more than God or your husband more than God. And then I want to love my wife after God more than anyone else, more than me. Listen, listen, more than my children. Your children were put in the home to grow up and leave. You must love your wife and husband more than your children. If you don't, your marriage will be hurt for life. Second, and her more than anyone or anything else, help me bring her into your presence today. Make us one. We. You are three in one. That's the model. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want to hear her, cherish her, and serve her. So she would love you more, and we can bring you glory. Amen. Dennis Rainey says this, When you pray together, you multiply your joys, you divide your sorrows, and to your experiences with God together, you help subtract your haunting past from life. During the rugged times of your marriage, you can share your burdens. Prayer can also take away the desire to get even and replace it with a willingness to work things out. Maybe you're living in the past today. So many hurts in your marriage. Can't get over it. Notice, prayer helps us move away from the past. Begin today, a fresh time in your marriage. We have to work together, and we have to pray together. Here's the third one. Write it down. We have to lay together. We have to lay together. Now turn to the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20. Second book in the Bible, Exodus chapter 20. This seventh commandment is all about marriage. So that reminds us that God places great importance on marriage. You shall not commit adultery. You see, this commandment prohibits any sexual relationship outside the marriage bond. Now, why did God do that? God knew that sex was much more than physical, but it's emotional and it's spiritual as well. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's a negative commandment. It is negative, but it has an incredibly positive side to it. You see, what God is saying is, I'm encouraging the celebration of the gift of sexuality within marriage. Our marriages are not to be bunk beds. They're to be single bed. And we're to lay together and enjoy the gift that God gave us. Now, God made men and women very different. And we all have different ways that we react to our sexuality in marriage. Ladies, marriage for men is... Well, it's very simple, actually. Men can't figure ladies out. It's a little complicated. All kinds of emotional things and whatever times of the months. and For men, marriage is simple. And simple is spelled like this. S. E. Can you finish it? X. That's as hard as it gets for God. That's it. So here's the next thing you want to write. Lay together often and regularly. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 
Now, I want to read you a couple things that have happened recently. You've probably seen them. If not, I want to show you how wonderful the Bible is compared to religions that are not true. Did you see this headline? A Saudi judge upholds a man's marriage who the man is 47, the girl is 8 years old. Do you think that's what God intended? Why would anybody have a religion like that? That isn't biblical. Here's another one. Hundreds of Afghan women reportedly were pelted with stones today in the capital, Kabul, while protesting a law just introduced and now to be reinforced that gives Muslim husbands the right to demand sex with his wife every four days unless she is ill or would be physically harmed by intercourse. You think when God said to Adam and Eve, you're naked, enjoy each other, lay together, Adam, tell her she must submit to you absolutely every four days. Would you call that love? Marriage is not a sentence. Who would... Think, ladies, ladies, if you have friends that are thinking of turning, and again, I'm not trying to be political, but what lady would want to turn to that? But the Bible does give us some amazing guidelines. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, go down to verse 3. I'm going to read to you out of the New Living Translation, but I want to have you write something in your Bibles right there near this verse. Exodus chapter 20 says... There's two principles that God gives regarding sexuality. The one is fidelity. You can't have relations with other than your spouse. But the second one, right in the little outline where your Bible is there, write this word, availability. Now let's read it. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. This is in the Bible. God made it sexual. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Now, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Let me explain something. When you came to Christ, the Bible says your body is no longer your own. When I became a Christian, my body is no longer my own. The Holy Spirit lives in me, and my quarterback, my boss, is God. My body is not my own. But here's something else. When I got married... Not only is my body not my own, it's God's. But when I got married, my body is my wife's. She has control over my body, and I have over hers. Now, not abusively, but a principle. That's exactly what you just read. And what does that mean? Watch what it says, verse 5. Now, do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Unless you both agree, unless you both agree... To refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. But afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So when we were created as married partners, God gave us a sexual drive. It is to be fulfilled in marriage. Notice that Satan, again, is in our bedrooms. And if we're not laying together often and regularly, Satan will try to use that 
to bring divorce, adultery, affairs, aggravation, all kinds of things. Now, what that simply means is that God knows the power of sexual intimacy. God made us passionate. And if we'll learn to lay together often and regularly and meet our spouse's needs, we're going to have to learn to be sensitive and submissive. Guys, there's going to be some times that you want to make love. And your wife is tired, been a tough week, kids, whatever. You know the thing to do? Is you just say, another night. You don't pout, you don't gripe, you don't complain. You're sensitive. There's other times, ladies, when your husband wants to make love, and you really don't want to make love. You want to be sensitive, and you want to just say, it'd be great. Let's just make love tonight. By the way, don't ever use sex as a weapon in your marriage. It'll destroy your marriage. So the Bible gives us very important things. If I will be sensitive in my sexual area and submissive, I will destroy my own selfishness. In other words, if I please my spouse sexually, sometimes for a guy, no, sometimes for a wife, no, vice versa, then that destroys my own selfishness. Let me say this to you that are guys. Unless we develop intimacy outside the bedroom, there won't be much intimacy in the bedroom. See, women are different, very much emotional. So you have to love them, you have to bring flowers to them, you have to care for them, you have to do the dishes, you have to help with this, you have to do all those things. And you show her that you respond to her. If you do that, good times happen here. I want you to listen to this statement and then just meditate on it tonight. See if it makes sense to you. Go to bed early, but go to sleep late. Some of you are just getting it. All right. Here's number four. Not only do we need to work together, pray together, lay together, we need to play together. You see, God made us in many different ways. There is spiritual intimacy, there's sexual intimacy, but there's relational intimacy. Think back when you were dating your spouse. Some of you, you're in that process right now, you're not married yet. Some of us have to go back a long way. I was thinking yesterday... I don't know why I did it, but I used to work in a floor shop part-time when I was going to college and high school. One day, I came over to my wife's house, and we were dating. I made her a pickle corsage. I have no idea why. I got the box, because I worked at the flower shop, put all the stuff in it, put all the bowls and all the greenery, and put a pickle in there and took it to her. I think my mother-in-law thought I was totally off the wall. But we laughed about it. We have fun. Think of all the adventure when you were dating. The times you laughed together. There was excitement. There was spending time together. Proverbs 5.18 says it like this. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. The Bible says that Solomon, in Solomon chapter 2, invited his wife to take a walk with him to smell the flowers. Solomon also reminds us in Ecclesiastes 3, 4 that there's a time to laugh. We need to laugh more. We need to understand that the most important thing you have is T-I-M-E. When we laugh together, there's so many benefits, physically, mentally, spiritually, in every way. It's known that children laugh about 400 times a day. 
adults, 20 to 30. We need to become kids again. Yes, life's tough, but we need to enjoy. We need to play together. Give your spouse the attention he or she needs. Take time to enjoy that relationship. Encourage and praise one another. Quit griping and complaining all the time at each other. Enjoy. Plan some getaways. Be creative. Be playful. Delight in the gift that God has given you. Do whatever is necessary to reassure your commitment to your spouse. Renew your vows. Work through the problems. Never entertain divorce. You see, God intends for us to live in a deeply peaceful, secure love. Marriage is a lifelong journey. And God expects us to enjoy the trip. That's about 30-some years ago. That's me. That's my wife. And that's our two kids. Let me tell you something. What, are you making fun of my sport coat or what? (laughs) How did we get from there to here today? Our grandkids are this age. How did that happen? Let me tell you guys, it went like this. And if you don't have great memories of all of those times, you're missing out. Start today. Make memories. Last week, I just went by myself because I didn't have to teach on the Sunday. I flew out to Denver, see my grandkids and my daughter and son-in-law. Linda stayed here. She's going out this Friday. And I went out for two days, flew back Wednesday. Got up on Monday morning. Sunday was beautiful. Got up on Monday morning, five inches of snow. I said, Jesus, deliver me. I want to come back. (laughs) But I spent three great days, two and a half days with my kids, playing with them, hugging them, catching their cold, doing all that kind of stuff, making memories. Are you making memories? It goes so fast. We need to play together. Here's another picture. We just got back from Australia, and while we were there, my wife loves birds, and we went to this wilderness place. It was just a, it's not a park. It's not a zoo. It's out in the open. These birds are wild. They're all over the place. And so we had things, and they just came and popped on our arms and hands. You said, Pastor Mark, I can't afford to go to Australia. You don't, you can make memories at the beach here, in your neighborhood, anywhere. I love traveling with my wife. It's we. Here's another one. This is me in Sydney, Australia. I said to my wife, you got to get a picture of this turkey. Give him a buck or whatever it was, and I love it. You say, that's foolishness. No, that's a memory. Are you making memories? Or has life become too serious for you? Pastor Mark, i got to work two jobs. Has life become too serious for a simple time of getting away for a day, an afternoon, this evening? Here's the last picture I want to show you. The pastor at the Calvary Chapel in Auckland took Linda and I and his wife to this incredible place. There was nobody else around. It was like the Garden of Eden. And we just enjoyed being there for about an hour. We had lunch by ourselves and just sat there. I want you to look at this picture very closely. One day, there'll be no more pictures of the two of us. One of us will die. And the only pictures that will be left... Since I'm older than my wife and I'm a man, probably I'll go first. The only pictures my wife will have in the future will be her. I'll be gone. We can't make memories anymore. 
but we have great memories now. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm nowhere near that age. My friends, we do funerals for people who are taken in their 30s and their 20s. Don't waste your time. Make memories. By the way, when I go, I'm praying right now that my wife will never get remarried. (laughs) And I've told her that. I put a curse on her. Because I don't want to even think about that. Heaven's supposed to be good. I don't want to think about that. Another guy, he'd probably be tall and all kind of stuff. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding you. If that was really my prayer, what is that showing me? I'm what? You got it. See, I want the best for my wife. How do we enjoy life? T-I-M-E. Don't waste it. Today's important. Now, the thing we have to remember is this. If you're a Christian, we don't do this alone. We do this together. Look at this. This is so encouraging to me. When you and I are in our relationship with God as a marriage, it's God-designed, it's God-directed, and here's the big one. It's God-empowered. Yeah, sometimes we don't get along. Sometimes we don't do as good as we should. Sometimes we forget to pray for each other. But I want to tell you, look at that triangle. There's a miracle in your house, and his name is God. Do not subtract the power of God from your life and your marriage. Anything is possible. He can heal marriages. He can bring you back together. He can infuse joy into your life. Singles, make sure you're dating someone who loves God whole body, mind, and spirit. Not playing dead religion. We have God. He lives in us. It's possible to fulfill his plan for our marriage. We're not doing it alone. We get to experience God in our marriages. This is a time to reflect on your own life. If you're married, reflect on that question I gave you before. Is your marriage more we or is it more me? Have you given up praying that God can bring a joy? Maybe you're here as a single spouse And your husband or wife are not a believer. You're together, but they don't support you. Have you given up? Don't give up. God can still do a miracle. Maybe you're divorced today. You say, can I have a new start? I didn't know all this stuff before, Pastor Mark. Can I have a new start? I always bring people to the woman at the well that Jesus met. When Jesus met her, she'd been married and divorced five times. And she was living with a guy in sin. You know what Jesus said? You want a new start? Let's start today. I want to tell you, quit going to your past. Take today and move forward with God. Anything's possible. Today, Pastor Mark talked about maybe the most ignored part of marriages, the spiritual side. You learn that on one side you have God who wants your marriage to be successful. On the other side, you have Satan who wants to destroy you and your marriage. Pastor Mark reminded you that the only way to have a great marriage is to follow God's instructions for marriage. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Together and Loving It. Next time, he'll begin his teaching, Truth or Lies. As you might guess, this teaching will cover the commandment against lying. Pastor Mark will talk about the nature of God, the essence of truth, and Satan, the liar. You'll learn the ways lying can creep into your life and how to become more of a truth teller. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Here